scripture passage today is Psalm 139, found on page 974 and 975. That's Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God! Away from me, you bloodthirsty men! They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, we're here this morning to praise you and to worship you and also to hear from you. We've just read your word. We pray that your word and and all the worship that we've done so far, that it may sink deep into us, that it may shape our hearts and souls and minds so that we can become more and more who you've created us to be, so that we can learn more about who you are. And I pray that the words that shall be spoken, may they be your words and not mine. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a disclaimer to start this message. 
we're going to be talking about some, uh, about some hard things, about depression and about suicide. This message took a, a sideways turn on me this week. How many of you uh, follow TED Talks at all? Any of you? I see some hands. TED Talks are, uh, uh, are, what they do is they get speakers who speak to all kinds of different issues. And September is Suicide uh, Prevention Month. And so a lot of the talks that have come into my, my feed over this past week have been re about depression, about mental health, and about those types of things. And then earlier in the week, uh, a pastor in California, a large church there, who really specialized in mental health and in depression and that, uh, after doing a funeral for somebody who had committed suicide, took his own life as well at 30 years of age. And then I received a I received a message from Stony Plain that one of the families that we had been working with there through the Because I Love You Family Support Group, a young man had taken his own life as well, and we have wrestled with it lately here in our own community uh, with a young man from Wolf Creek as well. Problem is, a church doesn't like talking about these types of things. It's almost like we are ashamed or we're embarrassed. I've had way too many people tell me that, that we shouldn't be depressed, we shouldn't have mental illness if we had enough faith. And I say, you're wrong. You're completely wrong. And our, our young people and our young adults face a level of stress today that for those of us who are older, we often can't quite relate to because the world has changed. With, with the social media being the way it is, there is so much more ability to anonymously attack and hurt people. And there's also, because of social media, a growing loneliness, a growing sense of, of not being connected that a lot of people experience as well. And then when you couple it with high levels of stress in our culture and our time today, it leads to a lot of people wrestling with their mental health. And Christians are not immune to it. And Psalm 139, as I reflected on it this week, David is writing this psalm as a psalm of laments. You get that at the end. He's weeping. But he starts off with hope. He starts off by, by, by saying, you know me. And he asks the Lord to search him, to know his every thought. And he says, there's no place I can go that you're not there. I can't run from you. I can't flee from you. And, and for David, that's not a scary thing. That's a, that's a hope-filled thing. See, I have my own story of, of walking away, of trying to get away from, from family and from church and from God. And I've shared a little bit of that before. Part of the way I did that was by running out to sea with the Naval Reserve. But the problem is God keeps putting people in your way. People that if, 
if we're willing to be open to and we're willing to, to listen, we'll keep pointing us back to God. And for me, it was a padre on one of the ships. And we were on the North Atlantic, and North Atlantic is usually not very calm, but it was an evening where it was calm and the northern lights were shining, and it was a clear night, so the stars were, were shining as well. And there was this reflection that was happening. And I was standing watch at the, on the stern of the ship, just making sure that nobody fell overboard, and if they did, you made sure you tried to help them and save them. And the padre, the chaplain on the ship, came to the back. And we had had some conversations before. He knew a little bit of my background, and we were talking. And, and he asked me a question that I didn't expect. He says, I know your background, a little bit of it. He says, do you still believe in God? And honestly, I wasn't sure. And he said, I'm going to stand your watch for 15 minutes. I want you to just kind of go off and, and just take a look at what's, what's right here. And then come back and tell me whether there's a God or not. So I did. And there's just something about the creation that I said, yeah, there has to be a God. And I went back to him. And he said, and now you have only two choices to make. Either you follow God or, or you continue ignoring him and rejecting him. But God's not going to give up on you. He used the stars and the northern lights this evening to show you that he is right here with you. And that's really the message here. Because I often wonder, why did David write this psalm? Why is he talking about fleeing and, and being away from, from God's presence? And when you look at David's life, there's a number of different times that, that he could have written this. He could have written it after, uh, after the birth of Bathsheba's son, his son, his and Bathsheba's son. The son who, who died because, because of David's sin. It could be a guilt. It could be... He cries out, but, but sometimes in our grief and in our anguish and in our sorrow, we back away. Because it's hard to grieve where everybody else can see you. It's hard to, sometimes it's really hard to confess the hard stuff where other people can see you. So you withdraw and you try to hide from the people closest to you, but you also try to hide from God. Or maybe... Maybe it's when, when he's hiding in the caves because King Saul is after him and, and things aren't looking good for him. You know, King Saul has a whole army against him. David has, has this group of men who are following him and who've accepted him and that, but, but, but Saul has the whole power of the, of the whole country behind him and, and Saul is determined to get rid of David. And they're hiding in caves, they're living in caves. For a time period, David actually has to leave the country and pretend he's a crazy guy with another king. So maybe he's, he's wondering, if I'm hiding from Saul, he can't hide me. Is there a place maybe where God can't see me? Is there a place where I can, I can hide not only from Saul, but from that God can't find me either? Or maybe it's when his son Absalom grabs the throne. 
And David has to run away again. And, and David knows that you know, he really wasn't the king and the father and the husband that he should have been. And maybe in the back of his head, he's thinking, you know what, this is all because of me, and am I worthy? Am I worthy to really be in God's child? Sometimes when we have those kind of thoughts, we wonder if God sees us, if God hears us. But David, David doesn't give up on God because God doesn't give up on us. And David keeps turning to God for his hope and for his strength because God never gives up on David. Not even darkness or night distance or anything else stops God from being there through the Holy Spirit. And in the psalm, David marvels out loud about who God is. God knows him. Now, knowing for, for David and for Jewish and Middle Eastern people is not about head knowledge. It's not about the kind of knowledge we have when we first start going out with somebody. Remember my kids when they started dating and going out with people. So you ask them about who, who, who this person is, and, and they can tell me what color the hair is. And the guys could sometimes tell me what color the girl's eyes were. They can tell me if they're pretty. They can tell me if they're athletic. They can tell me all that kind of stuff. So they know things about the other person. But they didn't really know the other person. They didn't know what would make them cry. What would, what would make them excited? What, what, what made them passionate about life? What, what some of their deepest hopes and dreams were? What, what they were hoping they might be able to accomplish in life, didn't know really what their deepest dreams and deepest fears were, the things that kept them awake at night. See, that's stuff that you only learn over a period of time by being with someone. And even, even after years and years and years of marriage, you can talk to people who've been married 30, 40, 50 years, and there are still times when their spouse will surprise them. Well, you'll say, really? You really believe that? That was really your dream? That was your hope? Or that is your hope? But David says, God knows us knows our, our thoughts, knows our hearts, knows the deepest parts of us, also knows the parts where we fear and where we worry. He knows how we think about ourselves. He knows the things that make us fill the joy and passion, but also the things that want us, that make us want to hide. And David says, but I can't hide. I can't hide from you, and that's a good thing. That's a powerful thing. You see, Jesus comes. And we often restrict Jesus just to the cross and forgiving us our sins. 
But Jesus comes with a message that the kingdom of heaven is near, that it is really close, that we can see the kingdom of heaven in him. Jesus comes with a message that God comes to us, that God leaves heaven to enter into our lives, that Jesus comes as God so that he can experience life, so that he can experience the joys and the wonders and the fascination of life and of relationships. But he can also experience the hurts, the rejection, the mocking. And and Jesus was completely human. And I know we don't like to think of Jesus as sometimes having weak moments. But when I see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane the night that he's going to go to the cross, and I hear him begging his father, saying, if there is any way that you can take this from me, please do so. I sometimes wonder, did Jesus, does Jesus sometimes doubt whether he can carry this through? Does he doubt his ability? Because in Romans, the writer says, Jesus lived life so that he could experience everything we experience. And doubt and fear are powerful, powerful things that we often wrestle with. Having been a youth pastor for four years, having loved working with youth even as a senior pastor, See, those are themes that I hear time and time again from them. And what surprised me was those, often those thoughts and those fears don't leave us. Some of us carry those fears of being inadequate, of not being worthwhile, that lead to hopelessness and helplessness. They live with us sometimes for our whole lives. So Jesus comes not just to go to the cross to take away our sin, but Jesus comes to earth to show us that that as God, he understands us and that he's coming close to us, that he wants to be with us and to walk with us and that he understands us. And then he says, and I send you my spirit my spirit who will live within you. That means the spirit, the Holy Spirit, God himself is within you so that when you are wrestling with these things, when you are wrestling with with doubt and with fear and with feelings of worthlessness and hopelessness, the Holy Spirit experiences those with you. That's why Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will keep pointing you back to me. It will remind you of the things that I have said. That God loves you. That God is passionate about you. And that God is with you always. As I said this week, Pastor Jared Wilson 
who is deeply respected for helping those who struggle with mental health issues, those who, who wrestled with suicidal thoughts because of hopelessness, difficult backgrounds, bullying, the stress of being a, a young person, an adult today. You see, he, kept, he wrestled with these things himself. And he kept pointing us to Jesus, reminding us that Jesus came to us, that God keeps coming after us because he cares so much for us. Because life can be hard. Because so many people struggle with loneliness, helplessness, and hopelessness. And that's why we've been given the church. So that we have family around us. So that we have brothers and sisters who may not understand exactly what we're going through, but who say we care and we want to walk with you. We want you to know the love and presence of Jesus. Because being a Christian does not make you immune to depression, hopelessness, and suicide. And when this psalm speaks of enemies, today David could easily be talking about those feelings and those stresses and those thoughts that hurt us so, so deeply and tempt us to try to flee from life and family and friends and even God. Pastor Ed Stetzer writes, there's a perception and a deeply dangerous one at that that teaches that once we've been born again or are walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the very real challenges of depression, of psychological struggle, of spiritual difficulty, of mental illness cease. That's a lie. And when we believe this, we make dangerous assumptions. Often we don't have the strength and ability to fight these battles on our own. That's why God gives us pastors and elders and counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists so that we have people that we can reach out to. Our society has said, this is a crisis and we set up suicide hotlines. Schools have counselors. But Jesus has placed friends and family who can walk with us as well who can help pour strength and hope back into us. And as a church, we need to be willing to talk about hard things, to provide a safe place without judgment for people to honestly and transparently share what they're going through. You see, David reminds us that Jesus has made you. You are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. And Jesus invites you to come to know him. But he knows your thoughts, your heart, and he is with you always. You are not alone. And we are here with you as well. On Pastor Jared's website, he posted this a few days before his death. September is Suicide Prevention Month, and we want everyone to know that your life matters. We want everyone to know that God loves you. Life matters, and you have a purpose in this world. Hope is here. Jesus is reaching out to you. He is here right now. So my friends, be ready to be found out 
by the God who seeks and who searches. Don't resist him. I invite you to receive God with an open heart. And if you are wrestling in any way, please reach out. I'm available. There are so many here who, are, who care and who love. But we also have resources in our community. Don't let shame and fear hold you back from reaching out to God and from allowing God to reach into you. Amen.